0: Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, New York State wants to make 3D printing require a background check. Twitch is now allowing simulcasting, but realistically they're not. Netflix is introducing cloud gaming, we'll get into detail on what that means. And AMD launches a brand new 96 core CPU. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Nordstui. I'm going to read this, this is Eagle Eyes on Tech Guy. I'm Eagle Falcon. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot of Twitch news dropped. We'll get into that in a lot more detail. AMD finally launched the new Threadripper CPU. We'll get into that. But first, we need to make fun of meta. Because if there's anything I know... Your day, no matter how good or bad it's going, instantly is made better by making fun of Meta.
1: Don't try to tell me it doesn't, you know it does. To which I give you the return of the term glassholes. Someone in chat says, what about Facebook? You know Meta's Facebook, come on now. Come on, keep up with
0: the times. They insist on calling themselves Meta and thus I will respect their wishes and it has nothing to do with the fact that the Metaverse that they're pushing their entire company on and banking their entire history on is a giant flaming, flaming pile of dog poop. That, that has nothing to do with it and that's the only reason why I call it Meta. You're like, I'm never going to call Twitter X because it makes no sense. And most people, when I mention X, most people have no idea what X
1: is. Other than a letter in the alphabet. But people have started to accept that Facebook is now meta. And their entire namesake is a disaster so I'll keep reminding them they're also
0: meta just in case they ever want to remember happier times when they didn't try to invest in the metaverse where no one had legs there's a problem going around with their new augmented reality headset that's basically
1: trying really really hard to just be a cheaper version
0: of the Apple Vision Pro. You shouldn't compare it to anything else other than the Apple Vision Pro, because you compare it to the Apple Vision Pro, it looks like a steal and not a complete ripoff, which is what it actually is. It is a complete ripoff. Both of the Apple Vision Pro and of just your wallet in general. And apparently more and more people are wearing these augmented reality headsets into the public. And if there's one thing we've learned about the public, it's that the public is not ready for people
1: wearing technology on their face out in the open. Look. Look. We make fun of people for wearing Google Glass, all
0: right? We make fun of people for wearing those like snap spectacle things. The things that look like normal glasses until you actually look at them and realize they have two freaking huge
1: cameras in the corners of the lenses. What made you think that strapping a giant VR headset to your face
0: and having three frickin' cameras pointing forward, like you're- The freaking splinter cell that you have at home
1: Was gonna go over better in the public, come on now! Come on! And maybe it's just me, cause I wouldn't want to-
0: I wouldn't want to be caught in public wearing this. Someone in chat said they've seen Google glass in the wild. People were inquisitive. I could see that because it is a new unique technology. There's also those, however, that were scared of those people because there's a large amount of the population, not a majority, mind you, but a large chunk of the population
1: that is afraid of cameras. It is a legitimate phobia out there. I think in this modern age that's kind of a
0: silly fear just because it's everywhere. It's inevitable, they're they're everywhere. I understand it, I respect it, but it's starting, like that phobia is basically only one step away from just being completely agoraphobic a fear of
1: just being in open spaces, or just outside. At the same time, if I saw someone walking around with a headset strapped to their face... Yeah. I'd start to question a lot of things about them. Personally, it's, that's just weird. No matter how you look at it. Now, in better news, Google is now going to be scanning your
0: Android device for malware in real time. Now, I'll be perfectly honest. I am surprised this wasn't happening before. Someone in chat says I'm just behind the curve and old.
1: No, no, I don't think I am. I don't think that society is ready for people just to wear VR headsets in public. Like at all. You could say I'm behind the curve, but just no, I'm, I can just judge society. Society is barely ready for people to wear Google Glass. Anyway, though. New features are gonna be
0: coming to Android to scan for malware in real time, to which I say good. I could not tell you the number of times. At work or at family gatherings, because of course I'm the computer guy that I get asked. Why do I get this weird thing on my phone when this, that, or the other thing's happening? For whatever reason on Android, it is very easy for people that are not
1: very technologically savvy to infect their phone with malware. I don't know why. All I can assume is just the obvious, but I have no proof of this. Nor
0: do I really want to pry to see if, in fact, people were, if these people were, in fact, just going to pornvirus.com or something that affair. But in either case, this is great. This is good. I'm surprised this wasn't done earlier. Huzzah, huzzah. Maybe I can get less questions about it.
1: That would be great. What isn't helpful, however, is, well, you know, let's start this topic with a question.
0: How many of you out there use Winrar?
1: Win R-A-R. I would say the majority of you have at least heard of WinRAR.
0: I think most of the technologically savvy by now have switched to using something like 7-zip as opposed to RinRAR. Someone in chat asked, how many of you have paid? Uh, literally no one, no one has paid for WinRAR. Anyone that tells you they paid for WinRAR is lying. I am convinced no one has ever paid for WinRAR. There are some people that just want like good, good boy, brownie points and say they have. I don't think they have. It would not surprise me at all if there was never a method implemented in in WinRAR
1: to actually accept payments. But I digress. For those of you who don't understand that
0: joke, RinRAR is a program that lets you de- decompress many compressed file formats, including Zip, RAR, and many, many more. When RinRAR was the go-to tool, you would get a free trial. Then after the free trial expired, after either 30 or 40 days, it would then say, your free trial's expired. Please buy WinRAR. But then
1: you just hit the OK button and continue to use the tool. They just never had a mechanism in for preventing you from using it. If you haven't paid for this paid software. Well. Now there's another reason not to use it. Apparently. There is a huge
0: vulnerability within WinRAR. That in fact, multiple government backed hacking groups are using
1: a known vulnerability in WinRAR. So. Let's just be honest for a minute. If you are still using WinRAR,
0: you may want to stop. First off, 7-Zip is just better. 7-Zip is actually free.
1: And yes, 7-Zip
0: does support RAR compression format, even though that's supposed to be
1: proprietary to WinRAR. So there is no reason to use WinRAR. Now there's even less reason to use WinRAR. So what is the lesson you have learned today? That's right.
0: It is to stop using WinRAR. All right. Say it with me. Stop using WinRAR. All right. All right. No, 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 goofball in the chat. No, you're not supposed to use Rinrar. Stop using Rinrar. All right. Stop using Rinrar. All right. All right.
1: Stop it. Stop. No. No. Bad. No more Rinrar. And while you're pondering whether you should or
0: shouldn't use Rinrar, you should also ponder whether you should uh, use Google Meet. As it has now launched on Android and iOS. And in fact, now has a touch up tool, which will help you look your best using AI and other such photo trickery to make sure that you don't look like you barely got any sleep last night and then decide to wake up quickly, touch up a podcast and then just roll with it. It could touch that all up. Make you look like you had a decent night's sleep. Make it look like you are properly shaven.
1: All those sort of things. Unlike some people I know. Yeah, definitely not me. So good update. Interesting feature.
0: Curious to see how well it works see if it's noticeable or how long it takes for someone to use this tool incorrectly and have uh, themselves look absolutely horrendous. You know
1: it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Someone's going to go ahead and use this tool incorrectly
0: or the tool just derps out and it just Creates like a Joker face or something weird like that. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's instead shift gears over to New York State, which is putting forward a bill that makes it so that if you are buying a 3D printer that has the capability to print gun parts, that you have to pass a background check. By the way, this pretty much, because of the broad
1: definition, pretty much encompasses all 3D printers in existence. Now, in a vacuum, all right, if you take this concept outside of reality, all right? If I tell you
0: there is a device that can be used to manufacture guns and you can get the parts to manufacture guns from a local Best Buy, do you think there should be a law preventing people from doing that without having to pass a background check? If I just told you that
1: and no other piece of information You would probably say yes. Here's the thing, all right? First off, the firearm you're going to create, if you only use the cheapest 3D printers
0: you can, you're not going to get a very good product. It's more likely to cause harm to yourself than it is to other people. And quite frankly, the odds of actually using it are, for this case, is extremely low and actually having success. But if you, the thing is that if you go down this road, all right, this can be used to cause harm, thus... It must require
1: a background check. If that is the standard, when does it stop? Because, by this same logic, okay, you should pass a background check to buy a phone. There's an incendiary device inside this phone. I could drive a nail through it, and cause it to combust. While we're at it, you should pass a background check for a nail. Heck, you should install a- you should pass a background check
0: to buy... any sort of cleaning product that involves bleach and ammonia, because
1: you can create... a deadly gas by combining the two. You should be required to pass a background check for buying flour. Because it can be used
0: to create an explosive device. You just have to pass a background check to buy basically anything that exists in a Home
1: Depot at all. Actually that one that there might be a better use case for that, but I digress. You kind of get my point, all right? In a vacuum, this bill being pushed
0: forward by the New York State makes some sense.
1: The moment you take it out of that vacuum, it's stupid. It's stupid. An overreaching, and I would say a slippery
0: slope, but it's closer to a ski slope to just go ahead and just start
1: requiring background checks for basically everything you do when existing. It's silly. It is absolutely silly. Now it'd be one thing if it was a background check for, say,
0: an industrial metal 3D printer, one that actually does have a very good chance of being used, I shouldn't say a good chance, but actually has a well has a good chance of actually being used
1: to create a successful th- firearm, because a plastic firearm um. you're going to get exactly zero accurate shots out of it.
0: You're going to be lucky if you get three shots out of it at all before the thing deforms to the point where it doesn't ignite anymore. You would need a metal 3D printer to have any sort of shot and even then because an actual firearm requires a smooth barrel on the inside And you can't get that with a 3D printer just by the
1: very nature of printing slice by slice by slice by slice. It's not feasible to say that a 3D printer
0: can be a weapons printer. Can just mass produce untraceable firearms. The capability is there. Just like the capability is there for me to go ahead and make a sawdust bomb. The capability is there to go ahead and make mustard gas in my bathroom. The capability is, is there for me to go ahead and take my
1: car and do who knows what with it. The capability for danger is everywhere. And at some point, you
0: got to look at it and say, you know, I don't think we need to worry about that situation. There are others that are far more likely and a far bigger problem. Especially when it comes to managing illegal firearms that are being distributed in major cities in criminal. Well, you you get the idea. All right. I already said enough words to go ahead and trip up some kind of algorithm to ban my podcast forever.
1: I think the concern is not there at all. I think there's better things to do with your time than
0: make a bill that requires a hobbyist that wants to go ahead and get a device to print out a cool, like, collapsible toy for for his son or nephew or whatever.
1: It's just silly. It is just absolutely silly. We're going to take our first
0: break a little early because I want to go into the tick or the TwitchCon story with a fresh segment and not to worry about being cut off. Get up and stretch. We will be back in the the hear you. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Right now on this weekend, as I'm recording this, there's actually two big gaming conventions going on right now. Well, actually, neither of them are truly gaming conventions. One is a celebration of the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV. The other is a celebration of a gaming entertainment platform. That being TwitchCon. Both of which had announcements. I'm not going to talk about FF14 here. Uh, Not really a whole lot to talk about there at all, and I'll have something else regarding that, or I'll have nothing at all. TwitchCon, on the other hand, announced quite a bit, and there's a lot of stuff that uh, no one's really talking about. But first things first, we're just going to go through... The actual blog post of TwitchCon, because of course
1: I'm not there. I don't have the time to go there. I don't have the funds to go there, but I digress.
0: We're going to go over their blog post and just go line by line everything they announced. First things first, they wanted to go ahead and confirm or rather repat themselves on the back for the launching of stories. What Stories on Twitch is, and I actually have this feature, is the ability for streamers to post updates in, like, a single image vertical format, and they basically are there for, like, two days. It could be, like, highlighting a clip, it could be just doing a quick, hey, running running late, or get hyped for... Eagle Eyes on Tech. I should have actually done that, but I didn't. Oh well. Etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's very restrictive. Cause right now all you can do is either post an image or post an already pre existing clip. But for some reason the clip you post is in 16 by 9,
1: and the format of stories is nine by 16. Didn't think that one through all that much, but they did say they're gonna be
0: updating stories with more functionality, including the ability to upload and film short videos, good, tag other streamers, add links, GIFs, and polls, and to give you better analytics on how your community is engaging with them, which is good because I currently have no idea what my interaction rate is with my stories. It could be zero. It could be 10 million. Both are likely. I don't know. (laughs) It'd be really nice to know, but we don't have that. There's gonna be new improvements coming to the featured clips and the clip editor. Featured clips for those who don't know is the ability in Twitch to take existing clips of your channel, mark them as Featured, and there is a clips kind of feed that people can go through, and everyone's featured clips will show up there. In addition, you can edit the clips so that they're in a TikTok format and they will appear in the featured clips on mobile in that same format. Or, you know, you can upload it to another format or another platform. I personally would not recommend doing that. If you're going to go ahead and upload your clips to other platforms like TikTok and YouTube, set up a pipeline to go and edit them yourself. Get them looking nicer. Cause the thing is that the clips editor in Twitch makes all the clips look the same cause it's all the face came at the top, whatever action at the bottom. And your Twitch name and the same font and same background text and same everything as everyone else. You can't make yours stand out. I've gone through and made a huge pipeline that I've been... way too busy to actually get advantage of. So that all the clips are just custom edited and look unique. When you get them. And I can go ahead and do fine tuning
1: and whatnot and add sound effects when needed. I recommend doing something like that, but... What they are
0: doing is they are testing a version of discovery feed with live channels to see if it's going to be helping viewers find a new live stream to watch. They la- have launched feature strips, featured clips back in August, we already knew this, to give you the ability to identify your be- best clips and put, take an account for discovery. Early next year, they will give us the ability to set defaults on which clips are used for discovery. Whatever that means. Additionally, they will be, they will add new functionality to feature clips, including the ability to feature clips directly from the creation flow. Does that mean I can just upload my own? W- what does that mean? I don't know what this means. I'm very confused what this means. Adding a button to the Clips Manager to feature clips. Yeah, there isn't a button right now to do that. You have to check boxes and then go to a drop down menu. And then allow moderators to select feature clips. I hope you trust your moderators. They also want to make it easier to make higher quality clips. So they're working on improving the clip editor by including vertical clips in the discovery feed. Wait, they're not doing that already. I thought they announced they were doing that. I've been bamboozled. All right. That thing I said that did exist, it's going to exist now. Allow editors access to the clip editor and adding improved editing features, such as trimming and changing aspect ratios. In addition, they have announced collaboration. They have announced, um, new changes to guest star. They're calling it collaboration is better with, with stream together. Uh, oh, they're actually changing the name of it now to stream together. Stream together is a feature that makes it easy for up to six streamers to collaborate together while all of them are streaming on their own channels. They have over 150,000 streamers in their opt-in beta and are launching it to everyone later this year. We're hoping they'll make use of it soon. You can simply copy a single URL into OBS scene and we'll handle the rest.
1: Oh boy. That sounds wonderful. That sounds that sounds like something. <laughs> that, that sounds
0: Pooh. I don't know how I feel about that. I'll have to see how it's actually done. I still have not had a, had a good chance to I had an opportunity to try to try guest star um, a couple days ago
1: and it just didn't dawn on me. But all well. We are also giving the ability to stream
0: together in audio only mode, so your guests can join to your stream via audio. Audio only.
1: It's Discord. It's basically Discord. This whole thing is just basically Discord. It's Twitch making Discord. That's that's all I'm getting out of this. I don't know. Additional features are coming next year, including shared
0: viewership to reflect the combined viewership of everyone streaming together. The option to merge
1: chat from the streams that are collaborative. Okay. Now, now you have something interesting. Just now. You have something that could be very powerful. You've gone from, we already do this in discord
0: to something that actually can be a useful and possibly essential tool for some streamers. Once I have access to it, I'll be more than happy to go ahead and give it a test run. We'll see how it goes. That's all I have to say about that. They're in-house Twitch alerts. Twitch alerts helps you express yourself and reward the community when they show their support. Soon they'll be launching Twitch-exclusive features that allow you to add your custom animated emotes to alerts. They're also excited to announce they're doubling the number of animated emote slots for all affiliates and partners. I need a get animated emotes, like holy cow. Plus you use one of Twitch's alerts for a hype train or sub, you'll unlock even more animated emotes. They will also launch new alerts for third party enabled interactions like tipping so that you have more flexibility in how you encourage your community to support. I took one look at the Twitch alert system and just kind of shrugged it off because I already had a pretty decent alert system and I'm also one that um my I've historically and unfortunately right now my alerts are very basic because we had a problem with them and the migration from one system to another but I've had a history of having very elaborate very flashy alerts So, I don't know. Maybe I'll take another look at Twitch alerts. I'm not really excited for this t- either, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they're, they're really wanting to push this. They want to make sure you go ahead and
1: do this as you can unlock more emotes. Hmm.
0: Updates to the ad system. Ads are an important part of how streamers earn money on Twitch. Let me interject. No, it's not. I'll just tell you this right now. No. No, it is not. I guarantee you 100% there is no streamer out there, none, zero, zip, nada, that actually has advertising be one of their primary revenue generators. I guarantee it 100%. In fact, here,
1: just for funsies. I'm gonna go to my Twitch dashboard. I'm gonna go ahead and see just how much I have sitting in, in the bank solely from ads. Right now, in the current breakdown, the amount of ad revenue I have coming in is $2.69. Let's round up to $3 for simplicity. Because the next question you're going to say is, oh, Eagle, Eagle, you foolish fool.
0: You don't use the ads manager. You do your ads by hand. So you don't get the 55% split. You get the 30% split. The... inferior split you could get almost double the money by using theirs heck you could probably even triple it by just increasing the amount of ads you have you're you're leaving so much money on the table eagle I like okay okay let's pretend for a minute that i keep the exact same viewership by doing this really bad plan you
1: just suggested and i triple my ad revenue that brings it from three dollars to nine I make $60 on subs alone. And that was on a low month. No. The ad revenue is not
0: an integral part of how any streamer makes money Period. It's a nice bonus. And quite frankly, the only reason, the only reason I even run ads on my channel is to get the pre-roll gone. So when newcomers come in,
1: they're not given an ad right away and click off. That's it. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I'd have no ads. None. Zip zero nada. But ignoring this, let's continue reading. Ads are an important part of how a
0: streamer earns money on Twitch. Looking forward, we're upgrading our ad tool to give you more control over your ad experience and more insight into your ad engagement and performance on your channel. While streamers already have this feature, we will make the chat countdown timer visible to moderators so that they can see when an ad is coming, giving them the option to snooze in the upcoming ad break. That's not a thing already. Granted, I don't see this at all. I only see when I run one manually, because I only run them manually. We're also giving you access to the new insights in Ad Manager to help you understand when to run ads, how to run ads, and how ads perform on your channel. These changes are designed to help you To make informed decisions about how you run ads on your channel. I will tell you exactly how to run your channel. Alright, here, 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 here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. here. All right. Come here. Come here. Get close. Get close. Get closer. Alright. I'm gonna tell you exactly how you should run ads on your Twitch channel. Alright?
1: Here's how you should run it. Alright. If you are running
0: Regular content, if you are just a regular streamer, run your ads manually, and run your ads
1: every 50 minutes. And you run three minutes of them. And during that ad break,
0: you get up, you refill on water, you walk around, do some paces, take a good five minute break, get the blood flowing. It's good for your health.
1: And people are willing to wait through five minutes. I guarantee it. they will get rid of the pre-roll. i will get rid of the pre-roll for an hour, in fact.
0: And the reason I say every 50 minutes you do this. Is because let's be honest, you're going to forget once. You're going to snooze it. You're going to be in the middle of a boss fight when the 50 minute timer comes due. And
1: you're going to want to finish off that boss fight. So you give yourself that buffer. All right. That's what you do. That is the plan. Okay. You don't run an ad manager unless
0: you are running Automated content on, say, like a
1: 24-7 rerun VOD channel. Like, that would make sense to do that sort of thing on. Or if you're running, like, a subathon sort of thing, and it's during
0: your nap hours, and you just have, like, marbles marbles with friends or something like that running on stream or something like that. I would encourage, if you are unsure how to run ads, run them manually. Just rig the button up to your stream deck or rig it up to a keyboard shortcut, whatever you want to do.
1: Have like a bot, say every 50 minutes to say, time to take a break. Just that's it. That's all you need to do. Easy peasy. There are of course exceptions to this. Those who are exceptions to this know there are exceptions to this.
0: They don't need my advice on how to how to manage their their career. But if you're unsure, follow those steps. And that will be a good first step to making sure your channel is as discoverable as possible. Without putting out additional content. You should still put out additional content on other platforms, by the way. But anyway, that is how to stream career with Eagle. All right, let's move on then. There is going to be a new holiday promotion. It is going to be a September like event
1: that is going to be happening during December. It's going to be a discount
0: on subs and gifts, but to spread even more cheer, there's going to include a discount on bits, rewards and a holiday themed hype train. That's all the details are giving us right now. There's gonna be more details coming soon. Get out of here, emails. Someone in the chat said, Kwanzaa event. Eh, maybe. There is also an update to off-service conduct policies. They see safety not only as a base requirement to everyone on Twitch, but as an essential part of the creative community. As our community grows and evolves, we will continue to examine and evolve our own safety approach. Who... Whoever you are and whatever kind of community you want to build. You can only be your authentic self when you feel it's safe to do so. Our off-service conduct policy is designed to protect the Twitch community. Recognizing the misconduct that takes place on or off Twitch can be extremely harmful. To further protect our streamers, we're adding doxing and swatting to the list of off-service conduct behaviors that we will enforce a guest. Let me interject why. Was that not a thing before?
1: Seriously? How? How was that not included before? Who wrote up the policy before and thought, you know, I think swatting is okay. Someone in chat says you can't swat anymore. You shouldn't have been swatting in the first place. It's terrible and it's a felony. (laughs) Uh, In any case, they're also introducing chat level chat warning or channel level chat warnings. Where right now in moderation in Twitch, you have three things you can do. You can. Type a message to someone to warn them. You can time them out. Or you can ban someone. They are now introducing a feature to anonymously
0: warn chatters that they need to follow the rules. So what this will do is let's say someone is misbehaving in chat. You can just right click their name, click warning, and then a box will pop up restating what the chat rules are, and that's their warning.
1: I have to ask what took them so long. This feels like something that that should have happened a while ago. Someone in chat says to warn them. Um, I don't know if it's enabled yet. That person has 99 plus timeouts. I don't think the warn feature is out yet. I have ban, I have timeout. They just got timed out. Okay, anyway. Yeah, I don't think I have the ability to go ahead and um, do that just yet. Anyway, that's something that's going to be coming soon.
0: There's going to be new updates to the auto mod and smart detection. I'm just going to leave that where it is. It's like, why bother? Auto mod's getting better. Moving on. There's going to be an update to Twitch embeds. Starting on November 1st, they are introducing a change to their embedding policy to prohibit autoplay when when the Twitch stream is not a substantial or meaningful component of the page. So what was going on, for example, is what we mean by an embed is I used to have a page with Streamlabs, that would have the Twitch page that would have the Twitch channel front and center, as well as have the chat next to it and then have custom buttons below it. All right, that was all part of a package through Streamlabs. The stream being embedded in there is what they're talking about embed, but there were some sites that were auto playing the stream. But then having it be a really small window in, like, the corner. So that anyone visiting, say, like, a shop page. Would then count as a viewer
1: for the Twitch page. Which is... You know. Not helpful. Not great. At all. So... They're now doing a change to it. If anyone tries to do that, that is now grounds for discipline. Now here is the big one. There is an update to simulcasting. What is simulcasting?
0: Simulcasting means that you are streaming on one platform such as Twitch, but then also streaming to another platform at the exact same time with the exact same setup.
1: Like before you could simulcast on Twitch and TikTok and Instagram. You shouldn't, but you could. But you couldn't do it with YouTube or Kick.
0: Effective immediately. This is currently in effect. You can now simulcast to any live streaming service. So right now I could, if I wanted to stream. This podcast as I'm recording it to both. Twitch, YouTube
1: and Kick. However, you have to follow certain guidelines. Now, before we get to the guidelines, let's just, this sounds really good, right?
0: This sounds like the thing that every single Twitch streamer has been
1: begging for, for years. Are you ready for the butt? Because there are some guidelines to it and these guidelines are
0: critical. Pay very close attention to
1: these. I'm going to read them per batem. All right. Simulcasting guidelines.
0: In line with a coming change to our Terms of Service, we are now allowing you to simulcast on any service. We believe in giving you the freedom to simultaneously stream on other services, but we also want to ensure that the Twitch user experience is not compromised. To that end, the following guidelines have been established. One. You ensure that the quality of Twitch's user's experience of your simulcast is, at a minimum, no less than the experience on other platforms or services by including your engagement with the Twitch community. For example, via chat. Second, you should not provide links or otherwise direct your community to leave Twitch or your simulcast on any other services because we value the community on Twitch and the integral role community engagement plays for all Twitch users. Third, you do not use third party services that combined any form of from other platforms or services on your Twitch stream during your simulcast such as merging chat or other features to ensure the Twitch community is included in the entirety of the experience of your live stream. Those are the three points, and that final one is the one that makes these new guidelines absolutely useless. I used to simulcast before I became a Twitch affiliate. I used to simulcast to something like seven or eight different streaming platforms. The way
1: that I was able to make it work was a bot that basically combined
0: all the chat rooms into one. Anything that was said into a different chat room, the bot would put into all the other ones. It would then combine all of the chats into one on screen chat that anyone could read so that in fact, everyone in the audience was talking together. This means you cannot combine chats, which is already a deal breaker. If you're going to simulcast, but to make matters even worse, the implication of not merging chat or other features would also include alerts. Meaning, I cannot display alerts that would happen on YouTube, or Kick, or TikTok, or anywhere at the same time as I'm streaming on Twitch. This makes simulcasting completely and utterly worthless. Unless these guidelines are just strictly not enforced at all, there is no reason to simulcast at all. This is the equivalent of saying you can go outside, but if you ever touch the ground, it's back inside for you and you're
1: grounded. (sighs) No, I'm sorry. Anyone who
0: is celebrating this as a win is not thinking this through. They are not seeing these guidelines. This is 100% a deal breaker. No ifs, ands, or, or buts about it. The simulcasting that is given to us on Twitch is worthless and should not be done unless you come up with a very, very specific use case to do so. Unless you go ahead and devalue the other viewing experiences so much that you might as well have never done it in the first place. Someone in chat says you can simulcast on other platforms, but only if you act as though you're not simulcasting on other platforms. Exactly. That is mind-blowingly stupid. This needs to change because quite frankly. This is a middle finger to everyone who has been begging for simulcasting. This is a carrot and a stick, and it's leading you off a cliff. Don't bite it. I know a lot of people right now are cheering this. They're saying, finally, hallelujah, hallelujah, because
1: they didn't read the guidelines. Of course, if you have a custom Twitch agreement
0: that is outside of the normal partner and affiliate contract, you know, you have to obey that contract before you can go ahead and simulcast. I wouldn't anyway. Simulcasting with these restrictions is pointless. Completely and utterly. We're going to take another break here. When we come back, let's talk about Apple and what's going on in their world of absolute utter... Chaos. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Apple has introduced a brand new product and we should all rejoice and cheer For, you see, Apple has introduced, for the masses to enjoy, a new pencil. The Apple Pencil, for those who don't know, is what Apple calls their stylus. It is
1: actually their powered stylus, in fact. And, well... This new pencil brings some... Interesting features.
0: Such as the inability to charge wirelessly, which the current latest gen Apple Pencil does. The inability to detect pressure. The inability for a number of other features, but
1: it does charge via USB-C. So. What's the point? Well, my first assumption was, in fact, that it was a replacement for the
0: first generation Apple Pencil. Because the Apple Stylus is in a very weird
1: environment. Okay? The Apple Pencil, second generation, is
0: compatible with the higher end iPads, such as the iPad Air and the iPad Pro, but is incompatible with the iPad normal. The iPad normal is compatible with the Apple Pencil first generation, which only charges via Lightning, and now the iPad normal cannot
1: charge the Apple Pencil first-generation, because the Apple Pencil first-generation charges via Lightning. I was going to say that the Apple Pencil USB-C edition
0: is just a replacement for the first-generation Apple Pencil, but the first-generation Apple Pencil did support pressure sensitivity. It just now doesn't It's just that the new one Now supports attaching magnetically. And it does support the Apple Pencil hover on iPad Pro, but you can't double tap to change tools. You can't engrave it. You
1: can't wirelessly. It's just why? What is the point? (sighs) I don't understand why
0: Apple is making their ecosystem
1: difficult to comprehend. One of the reasons why people are willing to pay the Apple tax is because
0: getting the Apple ecosystem makes everything simple. It's no thoughts. Do you want the regular
1: version or the pro version that's a bit better? Do you want the Mac mini, which is
0: good enough, or the Mac Pro, which is meant for professionals? Do you want the MacBook or the MacBook Pro? Do you want the iphone or the iphone pro do you want the ipad or the ipad pro you get the idea it was kept simple so that anyone
1: can understand it so why do this all oh, eagle don't you understand it so they go it's so they go ahead make a bad purchase
0: decision and then realize they need to go ahead and make a more expensive one So now Apple has gotten you to buy two styluses instead of one because they didn't accept a return on the other one, obviously.
1: The thing is, is that that ruins your brand reputation. One thing I keep saying when it comes to business, if you
0: aren't growing, you're shrinking. Apple is so big that they can only grow so much more. They want to do as much as possible to keep their high as high as possible and not under any circumstances
1: shrink. So why do this? Why create a confusing product
0: environment that no one can understand? It's counterintuitive, both from a business standpoint from a greed standpoint, and just from a consumer standpoint. It's a lose, lose, lose. Because now we got three Apple pencils going around, one of which charges via a connector that is soon about to
1: no longer exist. You know, while we're also at it, let's not even go on about the fricking crazy world that is the frickin'. Hold on, I got, some more. I got some things out of order here. I mean, let's not even go over the confusing
0: environment that is the fact there's two different MacBook Pros.
1: Yeah, you didn't realize this either? There's two MacBook Pros. Still. If we go to apple.com, all right. And we go to the MacBook Pro, right? We have the old design
0: that still exists for some reason that is just called the MacBook Pro 13 inch, but is running on an M2 chip and is basically run, and it's basically just a, a MacBook Air that's thicker, but in a chassis that's older, with a keyboard that is inferior. It's still using the old keyboard, and for some reason it still has the touch bar that no one is supporting anymore, because we know it's on its way out. That's running on the M2. Then you have the MacBook Pro 14 and 16 inch that start at $2,000. By the way, the other one, the one that's basically a thicker MacBook Air, starts at $1,300. The actual MacBook Pros start at $2,000. They start with either an M2 Pro or an M2 Max. They have a radically different chassis design and actually have this crazy luxury fe- feature that um is foreign in the apple world it is this incredible luxury feature known as
1: ports it has the three
0: thunderbolt 4 ports it has an sd card reader it has an hdmi even has the ever elusive Rarest of rare ports. The mythical. The legendary. The headphone jack.
1: And has MagSafe to boot. Dead of the One? Has four Thunderbolt ports, no MagSafe. Oh, yeah. The 14 and 16 inch also have a notch. So there's that too. You tell me this is not going to lead to confusion.
0: Like, if I was a professional that had to go ahead and learn, like, say, Final Cut, and I said, you know, for college, I really need a MacBook Pro, I guarantee you they're going to get the 13 inch one, and I'm going to be hosed. Because it's not going to have the specs. It's just using the basic. Bare bones lowest end chip. Possible. I don't get why Apple is doing this. This is
1: just the Apple Pencil again. On a bigger scale. But that being said. MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs. Will be getting. The next generation M3 chip early next year. Someone in chat says eight gigabytes of RAM video editing. Right. You know what's funny? You know what's really funny? a laptop I'm working on for a family member.
0: They said it was having heating issues. It turns out they're trying to edit video on it and only has eight gigs of RAM in it. And it's just going into swap the
1: moment they fire it up. And that's why it's refusing to run fricking Adobe Premiere. So it's funny you mentioned the eight gigs of RAM for video editing. Yeah, I literally am encountering exactly that. Yeah, no, there ain't no freaking fan error there. It's just straight up. Not enough RAM. In any case, the M3 chip launched June of this year,
0: like it's been out for a while, but they're not going to
1: see it in the MacBooks until next year. What's going on? Is there something wrong with the manufacturing process of Apple Silicon? like something feels off with Apple HQ right now and this could be the
0: sign of something far more serious to come soon there was a lot of concerns that we might be seeing a chip shortage
1: due to the AI boom it could very well be Someone in chat s- says that says that
0: TSMC is having very low yields on 3 nanometers. That is one of the big suspects.
1: The thing is, when you start looking at something like this, um, it's never as simple as just one
0: reason there's multiple factors that go into it low yield on three nanometer could very easily be one of the reasons it could be that three nanometer is currently being used also for prototypes of the next nvidia gpus it could be that the equipment that the equipment to get to three nanometers isn't ready for mass production yet It could be, in fact, that uh, all the three nanometers are going to the iPhone first. All those
1: could very well be possibilities. The answer is most likely a combination of all of them. Now, with that all said, there's other problems being reported. Oh, yes, because of course it gets worse. Speaking of the iPhone first,
0: there are new reports coming out of very early burn-in problems with the iPhone Pro Max or iPhone 15 Pro Max and its OLED displays.
1: This phone just cannot catch a break. It just can't, apparently. between the structural flaw with the initial batch of iphone 15 pro
0: maxes it might still have the structural flaw we don't know with the back glass the fact that there's a lot of reports about overheating one person reporting that there's become a spicy pillow and now more issues coming up with um the oled screen having burn-in problems
1: Literally, at most, what, a month from ownership? This phone is cursed. This phone is so cursed. It's not even funny. It just seems to find more and more and more reasons to just... tell you to stay away from the new iPhones. So
0: the chat says they're holding it incorrectly. All right. Well, it's good to know that uh, that Steve Jobs is currently in the chat. Uh, we, we thought he was resting in peace. Turns out, nope, in my chat right now. trying
1: to remind you that you're holding the iPhone 4 wrong. But at least there's a little bit of hope for Apple. Um, There are uh, reports of
0: there being a cheaper version of the Apple Vision Pro that's coming out uh, shortly after the current Apple Vision Pro. For those that don't know, uh, the Apple Vision Pro is a augmented reality headset from Apple that sells for
1: $3,500. I still can't believe they're seriously trying to charge that much. That is insane. There is no other way to look at that. However, there are reports of uh, good news. There being a
0: cheaper version of the Vision Pro. That could be selling for the low, low price.
1: Of... Fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars. <sighs> Incredible. I mean, that's that's just lunch money right there. Skip your latte for a day, afford the Apple Vision Pro. I've been wrong before, but holy cow.
0: The Apple Vision Pro is seeming more and more and more like it is just gonna be an absolute flop. On launch. And. I'm trying to keep an open mind. Alright. I never want to approach Apple. From the point of view of.
1: Just a straight up Apple hater. I just don't know. How you get. Enough people. To pay. over $3,000, or even over
0: $1,000
1: for a brand new augmented reality headset from Apple on day one. You've got to pack some serious value into it. I mean, for crying out loud, $3,500, I paid that much for my car. What would you rather have, VR headset or car? I'm just saying. This is just too much. All right, let's... So I feel
0: fair to Apple. Let's talk about a new thing they're trying out, all right? Something that actually... Seems like it'd be good, all right? Apple is introducing something new for their retail stores. A new system to update the iPhone still in the box, still
1: sealed with the latest software updates. I'm not gonna lie. This is actually really interesting, okay? Now, there is the potential for this to be used as a backdoor.
0: We'll have to see down the road to see if uh, any Russian hackers or any Chinese hackers find a way to exploit this and commandeer thousands upon thousands of phones. But one of the most annoying things,
1: Is you get any brand new piece of tech and the first thing you have to do is update it. How many times do you get a new game? You download it, you
0: play it. And the first thing you do when you play it is that it updates
1: after you just installed it. It is beyond infuriating. With this, though, it wouldn't do that. Someone in chat says MF 14 does that, <sighs> yeah, yeah, it does. Still hate it for that. This is very All kidding aside, this
0: is very interesting technology and I can't wait to see how well it actually, actually operates in the field and how secure is it? That of course is going to be key,
1: but in more awkward news, Apple has a new software on their phones
0: and on their Macs for that fact. That, um,
1: has automatic reactions put in based on your hand gestures. And in fact, it is being found as
0: incredibly awkward as effects trigger during
1: telehealth video calls. Whoops.
0: Yeah, having fireworks go off as you're having a serious conversation with your doctor regarding a potentially serious health problem. Very, very concerning. Apple has not made a comment on this yet. I strongly suspect they're just not going to make a comment on it at all. I would just recommend, if you have this sort of feature enabled, disable it. Just don't do it. Just don't, just don't. You think it's gonna be cute, but it's gonna bite you more often than not. Netflix, shifting gears wildly. Netflix is introducing a cloud gaming service on TVs, PCs, and Macs in the US. I'm sorry, all of you outside of the US, you do not get to be inflicted upon with this terrible idea. Nope. Only us in the US can try this horrible, horrible idea. Of playing video games on the cloud using our phone as a
1: controller. Unless you're in Canada, in which case. Um, you already had access to it. For some reason. Who here is looking forward to this? Who wants this? There is
0: only one type of person that really wants this. That really, really wants this. All right.
1: There's only one kind of person. You know what that is? You know exactly who you are, too. All of you dinguses that insists the
0: chromebook has a point in life besides being e-waste because this is the only way you'd play a game that's worth anything is if it was streamed from a computer that actually could compute instead of your pathetic do nothing only browse youtube chromebook you're the only beneficiaries of this i'd say you're fine because you already have Stadia, but of course that's dead as it should be
1: Rest in peace You will not be missed Meanwhile, we need to talk about The dumbest move we have seen Elon Musk do so far All right, I feel like that could become its own segment. The dumbest thing Elon Musk has done so far. It could be a very easy reoccurring segment. Twitter
0: is now testing a $1 a year fee to post like and retweet. Various tweets. This is currently in effect only in New Zealand and the Philippines, that they have to pay $1 a year to access the service, and this is to help
1: limit bots. Raise your hands, are you in favor of this or not? Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think this is gonna accomplish anything? Let me tell you a deep, dark secret. This is without a doubt, the dumbest thing Elon Musk has done. By the time you're done paying your credit card processing fees. You are making. No, I don't know. Maybe 30 cents. 25 cents on every dollar. This is just why, why would you do this? And it's not going to hinder anyone other than real people. Are you going to pay a dollar to use Twitter? I'm not. Even though it's a dollar, I can afford a dollar. I can afford to lose a dollar. I am
0: not gonna spend the time to go and enter all my payment details just to pay a dollar. That's stupid. That's a massive loose end
1: and there's no way I would do it. You know who would do it though? Big Bot Farms. Because the amount of money they would get from the information their bots skim
0: is going to outweigh the $100 they just paid to make sure their 100 bots had access to
1: all of Twitter for a year. Thus, this is why, by far, without a doubt, this
0: is the dumbest thing Elon Musk has done so far. We're going to take a break here when we come back. AMD releasing a stupid, powerful CPU, as well as a GPU for that fact. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. We have a new king of bad video games.
1: If you thought Gollum was bad, it has nothing on the
0: newly released $50 King Kong game that everyone has been calling, quote, a complete scam. Skull Island, The Rise of Kong, has been shared thousands upon thousands of times showing the actual in-game footage. And,
1: um. It looks worse than Beast Wars.
0: And for those who are too young to remember Beast Wars, Beast Wars was a Transformers CGI cartoon that was so early in the CGI era that... (laughs) It it, it looks awful. I'll just put it like that. It looks like you took an N64 game and ran a smoothing algorithm to smooth
1: out the polygon points. Like, this game... ...is... ...comically bad. This looks like something... ...that was made... ...as a college... ...project... ...by one guy... ...in
0: under 24 hours. The amount of detail that exists in this triple... ...in this
1: so- alleged triple A game it's awful it, it, it's, there's
0: just I have gone back and forth trying to find an excuse for this because I kind of do I don't want to go ahead and just say like oh this is just awful because I said so you know I always want to go ahead and say how did this happen what could have happened that led to this there is some kind of story here because if there isn't This is just straight up the weirdest bait and switch that ever existed. Such mockery games like COD of duty had better graphics than this.
1: I have seen flash games that have had better graphics than this. It's, it's incredible. I would say the developer
0: team was rushed on this, but if there's anything Game Jam has taught me,
1: is that a good team can develop decent quality work in a very short amount of time. But let me tell you, at least in the case of Skull
0: Island Rise of Kong. You will not need this brand new GPU from AMD. There's no way the game would even tap it. This new, this new GPU from AMD, the RX 7900M is a monster. AMD has launched their brand new GPU for mobile. This is actually built for laptops. And this sucker. Well, it's going to be the first chiplet GPU to come to mobile for starters. In addition to that. The performance and power consumption of this is insane.
1: This sucker can consume up to 180 watts.
0: For your laptop. Okay, when I say a mobile GPU, I do mean laptop. It is not going to be in your smartphone. Your no, your smartphone is going to cons- consume 180 watts.
1: Chat's right. Chat's right. I should be more clear when I say mobile. This is a mobile laptop GPU as opposed to a desktop GPU. That means <laughs> that. Sorry, I can't get over the thought
0: now of, a, of an iPhone consuming 180 watts and just auto-igniting from the sheer amount of heat it would pump out. This is going to debut in the Alienware M18 as well as other desktop replacement grade
1: laptops. Someone in chat just immediately went Alienware. You, I'm out. I said other de- desktop replacement laptops. Alienware is just one of them. <laughs> you could still get it in an MSI or a Falcon Northwest, or an, I'd say an HP. Whatever, but HP is allergic to actually pro- to actually making progress. I actually wonder what kind of quality Alienware has nowadays. Man, Alienware is kind of in a weird boat for me. Can I get Asus or Acer? It'll probably be an Asus. I don't know
0: about Acer. So here's the thing with Alienware right now, right? So Alienware. I loved the fact they were bold enough to make the Area 51M laptop. That was an insane laptop. Okay, that was basically desktop parts going into a, admittedly a bit chunky, but still a respectably thin for what it was laptop. It was
1: a monster. That laptop now is three years old and has been discontinued one year after it was introduced. That was a huge blow to my trust in Alienware. That was a huge blow. Then they started going to soldered on RAM, soldered on chips. But the thing is now, while
0: the Alienware department last time I looked was doing that after killing it, I kind of just let them kind of vanish into the back of my mind. In the meantime, their parent company Dell in their precision line has made thinner, stronger, and better mobile workstations in their precision line. Their precision line is basically the business side of like what Alienware does. The only difference is that instead of focusing on max performance for gaming, it's max performance for AutoCAD or
1: uh, video editing, that sort of thing. And like, I got my hands on one of the newer uh, Dell precision laptops. And oh my god, that sucker is so, so, so nice. So you have me in a weird spot. You know? Like Dell just keeps doing these
0: this weird dance of being really impressive, being really ingenious, really innovative. And then
1: taking a giant dump on your front porch. And it's just this weird dance of just like, which Dell are you today?
0: Are you the Dell that's gonna go ahead and bring something very unique and innovative to
1: the computing world? Or are you the Dell that's gonna send me a, a, a flaming bag of poop? I never know with Dell. wish they just get consistent at least with HP I know they just don't care
0: (laughs) that much I could that much I feel confident with with all the crud that HP has done with their printers I I feel confident that HP will always just take a dump put it in a box lock the box charge me a subscription for the box to then
1: gain access to the poop I need to stop talking about poop. Let's talk about this GPU. This GPU is going to,
0: it's first debuting in an Alienware laptop. If you don't trust Alienware laptops, I understand. It's going to be in other laptops too. It's going to be in basically every single high-end desktop replacement laptop out there. It's probably not going to be in like the Razer 18 or whatever the heck they have because Razer is allergic to putting in the best of the best because they love their sleek, thin profile. But all the ones that aren't afraid, like MSI, like Asus, like Falcon Northwest, well, all those big bad boys,
1: they're probably gonna have it as options. To which I'm curious what the performance is gonna be. We'll have that as soon as we can. In the meantime, do we even actually ha- even have a uh, estimated price on how much it's going to cost?
0: Um, the GPU was announced today an exclusive addition to, to the newly upgraded Alienware M18 gaming notebook. This 18-inch desktop replacement unit has all the bells and whistles. Express for a mobile powerhouse. That borders on workstation size and power. AMD states the new GPUs top of the line, including 16 gigabytes of memory, 2- 256 bu- bus, has 72 compute units and more than double the 32 compute units of its previous top shelf, the RX 7600M XT. The 7900M features 64 megabytes of infinity cache, yada, yada, yada. It t- features a, to- a 180 total graphics power. GPU can boost to two gigahertz and beyond. Which is, that actually is high for a mobile chip. That is insane. So, of course, the performance is going to vary from computer to computer and how much they can cool it, of course. That laptop is actually, like, no joke. The 18-inch laptop that Alienware has here, that
1: is Chonky. That's chonkier than my mobile workstation. Also, this might be the least Alienware looking laptop I have seen in a long time. Okay, I'm now curious. How much is this laptop? We're not letting our, I'm not letting myself get fully sidetracked. That's how you know I don't know what it, what it means, but it means something. If I go to, Del- so if I go to Alienware's site. We have four laptops. The X14, the
0: X16, the M16, and the M18. If I go to the X16, let's take a look. Is this going to be like the thin and light version? Yeah, that's what it looks like it's going to be. But apparently it can have a little up to an art... To an RTX 4090 for some reason.
1: But if I go to the M. If I go to the M16. We get it looks like the exact same options. Alright M18 let's go ahead and just deck this thing out. AMD option. Oh, there it is. It's up there. All right. 16 cores, 32 threads. Windows Home is fine. We'll grab the, A- the Radeon
0: option. Is it cheaper or more expensive? It is, it is cheaper than the RTX 4090. 64 gigs. Get me. Ooh, let's get a poor life decision with. Two, four terabyte drives in a raid zero. That's something you should never, ever, ever do. Let's have it be a. Uh, basically a 1440 P-, P screen. And let's get cherry MX ultra low profile mechanical keyboard. That brings us up to a, a, a whopping <laughs> Five. $1,000 for this thing okay from the back it does look like a
1: it looks exactly like I would expect only real laptop to be <laughs> oh my god if I get top-of-the-line Intel Comes up to forty eight hundred dollars. Wonder if it's actually faster the uh, the twenty four core Intel one or the
0: sixteen core AMD GPU or CPU. That's actually tough. All right, We're, we've we've spent way too much time on, time on this, but that is currently available right now. That is overkill, by the way. When you're talking a GPU this high end, I just want to be be straight here, this is all about what is possible. This is not realistic for anyone to get because very few people are going to be going ahead and saying, you know what? I want to spend five grand on a gaming laptop. That'll be obsolete. in,
1: we'll say six years. Like that's not reasonable. There's only a handful of instances where you can justify something like that. But at the same time. It is very interesting to see what is possible. It is also very interesting to see.
0: The latest version of AMD.
1: Threadripper. Yes, my friends. AMD has released a new version of their Threadripper CPUs. For those who don't know what Threadripper is,
0: AMD's mainstream CPUs are referred to as Ryzen. They max out at 16 cores, and it's more than enough for pretty much every user out there. But for those that need high CPU count and need it for professional applications or to satisfy their techno lust, there is the Threadripper. These are used in workstation class PCs that are used for scientific research, CAD, that sort of thing.
1: How powerful is Threadripper? Well, Ryzen caps out at 16 cores. Threadripper caps out at 96 cores. Ryzen has...
0: something like 24 PCI Express lanes. I think that it might actually might be up to 36
1: now. Threadripper has 128. Threadripper CPUs are monsters. They are
0: comical overkill. They are the equivalent of driving a semi-truck to your office job. It is complete, gross, unnecessary overkill for the average person. And yes, I still want one really badly. Cause it is just, it's stupid. It's, it's so, it's such a dumb CPU. This is so stupid powerful. It is unnecessary. No one needs this kind of C- this kind of CPU power, unless you're like doing
1: actual. Like scientific research. God, I want one. I really do. Like it's not even funny. Th- this is just, it's so dumb. Someone in chat says, what am I not doing research? I mean,
0: what's funny is that, you know, I'm currently using my system right now is also one that's, that was designed for scientific research. So my system right now
1: actually is a old workstation. It rocks Two. 12 core CPUs for a grand total of
0: 24 cores. It is completely unnecessary
1: for what I do. Someone in chat said it's useful for Chrome. What's hilarious to me is that I'm using this thing
0: and currently right now running this stream And recording everything. I am using 8% of the CPU and 56% of the GPU. Of one of the GPUs, I should say.
1: I'm using 4% of the other one. (laughs) But we are using 14 gigs of RAM. Out of the 64 that's in it. I don't need a Threadripper. My god, I want one though. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just gonna wait for one of these threadripper CPUs to just come come off a corporate lease. Now
0: these suckers start
1: at something like Oh, here we go. It starts at five thousand dollars. <laughs> Starts at $5,000 and that goes anywhere from 24 to 64 threads or 64 cores. Thread River Pro will go anywhere from 12 to 96. Someone in chat is pointing out the
0: $550. The $550 is for the current Ryzen. Processors, this is the mainstream CPU. I
1: don't know why they're putting, are they putting the highest MSRP? I think they're putting the highest MSRP. Cause there's no way a six core Ryzen is $550. These guys at a Nantech made a really funky chart. So Threadripper goes up to $5,000. The Threadripper Pro, the one that actually goes up to 96 cores, goes up to, we don't know yet.
0: The server processor, Epic, goes up to $10,625. Here's what I love though. This chart actually does give me PCI Express Lane, so we actually do know. Regular Ryzen, 24 PCI Express 5.0 lanes. That is more than enough for the average person. Up to 192 gigabytes of RAM. Threadripper, up to a terabyte of RAM. And 48 PCI Express Gen 5 lanes, plus 32 PCI Express Gen 4 lanes. You know,
1: just for good measure. Because, why not? Threadripper Pro? Wait a minute. So, Ryzen is dual channel memory.
0: We knew that. Threadripper is quad channel. Threadripper Pro is... Octa-channel memory, up to
1: two terabytes of RAM. And then Epic, the
0: new server platform for AMD, goes up to six
1: terabytes of RAM. And is, what would that even be? What is 12-channel memory? Whatever it is, it's that. This is stupid. This is beyond stupid. This is insane.
0: My God, AMD. God bless you. Thank you for being absolutely so unnecessarily over the top.
1: Compare this to Intel. What's Intel's best current Xeon processor? I don't know. Let's take a look. Intel's current highest end Xeon scalable is 60 cores I'll give them credit with two of them you barely beat one of the highest end AMD Epic CPUs, and it only cost you seven thousand dollars more. Amazing. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We're gonna dive more into this
0: CPU madness. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Now, while AMD and Intel are pondering the high-end compute market, Intel, by the way, still has a lot of catching up to do. Their latest ones almost caught up with AMD, but not quite. Now they're just left in the dust. TSMC currently, who, as we theorized earlier, may be falling behind when it comes to the three nanometer production cycle is now saying that their two nanometer node will beat out Intel's 1.8
1: nanometer tech. To which, here's what I have to say about this, all right? What is the point if you have poor yields, okay? If what
0: we're seeing out of Apple is correct, that TSMC cannot produce three nanometer chips reliably, and that's one of the reasons why Apple is delaying so many of their product launches, then what is the point of trying to brag up your two nanometer node when it's not ready yet either. What's Intel on right now? I think they're still on their like, I think they're like just rolling out five or something like that. Like we're talking years in the future and TSMC is trying to boast their chest. Dude, think of the present. Get your act together now. Before you start boasting about how amazing you're going to be right now. Someone in chat says that uh,
1: Intel's right now on their Intel 7 process. Which I'm not going to lie. I'm not sure what that. What is the Intel 7 process? Intel 7 lithography, this is, this is actually 7 nanometers, so yeah. Some There's some other stuff going on in chat I don't want to talk about right now. Meanwhile, though, while, uh... While TSMC is kind of beating their chest. About how. Okay, I just looked up the address that chat
0: that chat gave me. We had a dur- during the break. We had a scam call that was trying to ask a whole bunch of information. we were just feeding them BS. And I didn't want to give the address they they gave me.
1: I just looked at what it is. It's Wrigley Field. (laughs) Brilliant. I got to remember that one. All right. In any case. While (laughs) while TSMC
0: is beating their chest on uh, just how good their future process is going to be, they're failing to meet out the current ones as GPD is now blaming AMD for the delay of the Win Max 2 handheld PC shipments
1: since AMD can't get enough chips from TSMC. Right now, AMD just cannot seem to supply enough of the Ryzen 7 78. 40U APU chips that these things run on. Which again would point back to TSMC. More and more signs are pointing to
0: something going wrong at TSMC. And I don't want to, like, spark any kind of, like, chip shortage fears or anything of that nature. But, you know, they're they're starting to... It looks like there might actually be smoke coming from TSMC. It might not just be, like, fogs or weirdly shaped clouds or anything like that. It might actually be smoke. But let's not get too hasty. It's something that we should... Definitely keep in mind, you know, maybe the smoke analogy is not a good one. Because if you even lightly suspect smoke, you should absolutely say something
1: ASA GDP. Kind of like how AMD needed to roll out new driver support
0: ASA GDP when um, people were getting banned in Counter-Strike 2, Because of Anti-Leg Plus. Well, the latest driver update, in fact, went out and disabled Anti-Leg Plus because the implementation of Anti-Leg Plus tripped
1: up tons of anti-hack systems. The biggest culprit, of course, being Counter-Strike 2. And the way this all rolled down definitely seems like one that really caught Valve off guard. Because the whole thing, the the VAC bands were being issued out automatically, right? That's just how they work. That's how the software works. And Valve kind of just Went out and made a public
0: statement about what was going on. And
1: even tagged AMD about it. So there's a breakdown in communication here as well. It's just the whole
0: thing just seems like a massive mess. But. It does appear that those who are playing Counter-Strike 2 with an AMD card. You are now safe. Once again, but with all that going on at AMD, what's going
1: on at Intel? Well, (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Had to sneeze there. Well, over at Intel, they
0: have Raptor Lake CPUs coming out. The fourth
1: generation CPUs are going to be rolling out October 17th. Incredible. These will be powered by quote, AI guided overclocking.
0: Oh no, these things are going to set fires, aren't they? Yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be good. All right. Maybe this will be the kind of AI where it's a huge benefit. And not the kind of AI that tells you to
1: make fragrant water. I'm sorry, but the way AI has been lately, I just assume
0: the worst. Alright? If I see AI-powered anything, I just assume it's going to try and do something stupid and just say, you know, maybe it should mix ammonia with bleach. It'll be fun and exciting.
1: No! No! Bad, bad, no. (sighs) So we'll have to see what all launches, what the benchmarks are. We do know it's going to be coming out. Wait, October 17th. That's four days ago. Where are the chips? I haven't seen any reviews for these things. I'm now incredibly confused. This is what I get for doing my prep late at night. The night before.
0: I miss details. Like, I must have thought it said November 17th. It didn't
1: click in my head that this was several days ago. Was there a delay? I, I'm so confused now. We're going to look more into that and uh, report on that next week. Now I feel silly. Almost as silly as Qualcomm
0: does building a Risk 5 based CPU. So Qualcomm, if you don't know, they make mostly arm powered CPUs. RISC-V is another low power, low compute CPU. Or rather just system architecture in general, but RISC-V is open source. So Qualcomm is looking at RISC-V and granted Qualcomm is a huge player in this kind of space. They're huge in just making custom chips for small devices. So for them to go ahead and adopt Risk v this actually could be a huge boon for anyone trying to go ahead and use Risk v for their next latest and greatest, whatever it may be. So I, for one, am very curious to see how this goes for them. It'll be very, very interesting. To say the least, we'll have to wait and see how much power consumes and how well it performs. It's just kind of good to know that in fact, risk five is coming soon. And for all of you who continue to tell me again and 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 again that you demand a a smartphone that has a headphone, Jack.
1: Google is here to tell you that your ideals are stupid and outdated.
0: Because their USB-C port will give you corded, lossless audio and video output out of the USB-C port. There were some concerns that it wasn't going to be enabled. It is now going to be there. All of you who demand a headphone jack are now invalid, according to Google, because you can just have better audio quality out of your USB-C port. What do you have to say to that, all you
1: crazy, diehard, headphone jack fanatic people? Yeah, I know you still want it. You're still going to want it.
0: It's less about actually just having the analog jack nowadays, isn't it? It's more
1: about the principle. It's not the principle that your port was stolen. And you just want it back. Chat says it needs a dongle. You can get a dongle. You can also just get headphones that are just USB-C. They do exist. They're real things. Not gonna lie. I did just include this one little story just to see
0: how many fanatics were gonna go ahead and and just lose their
1: minds When I said that their, their ideals for a headphone jack are completely obsolete.
0: I think most of them have just accepted this, but they still want to just like rant and rave about it. Cause why not? I mean, I can respect the why not philosophy. Like why not take an RTX 4080 and absolutely butcher it so that it will fit into a two slot. Inside your CPU,
1: inside your tower. Yeah. So I went ahead and took the ultra thick, triple slot, extra long, extra heavy RTX 4080,
0: and just machined everything down a little bit so that it would, in fact, fit into their smaller form factor build. (laughs) The lengths that some people will go to is incredible. I don't think I could do
1: it. I think I would sooner find a way to
0: just water cool it before I'd actually go ahead and say, let's shave off A large amount of this heat sink. Because like. Water cooling it seems way less risky. Than just. Shaving off. This much heat sink. It's insane. Someone in chat says bet you couldn't. I bet I could. It's just a standard RTX 4080. They make water blocks for pretty much every 4080 out there. You'd be spending a bit more money to do so. But it's not uncommon in in small bills to go ahead and go with like a water cooling bit go with a water cooling loop. Go ahead and mount the um, the radiator over where your CPU would, would go.
1: You'd have to go ahead and be tricky about it. You'd have to go soft tubing. You would have to, you couldn't do a Reservoir.
0: You'd have to go ahead and make sure you have a a Reservoir Block Combo on the CPU. I'm sorry, a uh, Pump Reservoir, or or a Pump uh, CPU Block Combo. And you'd have to go ahead and make sure that you very carefully fill up that loop because there's no Reservoir. You'd have no space for it. You'd have to go ahead and fill up basically the radiator and use that as your Reservoir. Chad
1: also brings up the very good point. First step is to actually buy the card, and it's like true that. True that this is I mean, they did it. They're uh they sacrificed a lot on Tumps. They lost some performance.
0: the thing runs 14 degrees hotter and that's 14
1: degrees Celsius hotter it runs a little worse but you know what that was their choice and they now must live with it kind of like how uh, awesome games done quick had a choice and now they're going to have to live with it the choice of having a dog speedrunning a platformer
0: at AGDQ 2024.
1: A Shiba you by the name of Peanut Butter is going to be speedrunning
0: <laughs> the NES platformer Gyromite at next
1: year's. AGDQ. I have no words. I thought I've
0: seen everything when it comes to speedrunning. When I started seeing TaskBot operate and all the actual crazy stuff they had going, but you—you know, you got me. You got me. I think probably the worst part about this, though, here's the worst part about this speedrun. Okay.
1: The worst part is that peanut butter does not get the credit. Peanut butter's owner is the, is the current holder of their run. Someone in chat asks, is this the last burb? No, this is not the last burb story,
0: but it's pretty dang close to being. it. let me tell you, no,
1: we still have two more. Our next one being... While... While a dog named Butter is... Running speedruns. You need some way to keep your other animals safe. And by God... We found it. Ladies and gentlemen... We have a brand
0: new smart home on the market. And it's designed
1: specifically... For chickens. A company by the name of AI Guardian has developed
0: the smart home known as the Albert Eggstein that will count eggs and keep an eye on the nearby area for predators
1: to make sure your chickens are safe. I don't know what to say to this one. I really don't. Like This is probably, this is actually like real talk. In the right markets. And I'm talking like. Borderline rural areas.
0: This is amazing. For people that live kind of out in the sticks, but not quite. In, uh. In like complete farmland territory. But still just want to be like, I want to raise a few chickens because I can do it away out here. This is a godsend
1: for them. Actual farm. I don't see an actual farm doing this. Or maybe an actual farm. Maybe they have a bigger
0: version for actual. Actual farms. I don't know. Someone in chat said this will sell like hotcakes in some areas. Oh yeah, it will. In the right area, this is insane. But for those of us that's not in that area, it's going to be
1: just very confusing and very why. But you might ask,
0: what is so bizarre? It beats out the smart chicken coop.
1: What is so bizarre. That it beats out a speed running. Dog. Well. Ladies and gentlemen. I give you.
0: The last burb. The last story of the day. The weirdest story of the week.
1: And involves. The sad state. Of Amazon. An individual went through Amazon's system
0: to go ahead and see how easy it is to sell product that absolutely should not be sold at all and get past regulations and getting past all the safeguards. A documentary went ahead and showed exactly how easy it is to bypass every single safeguard that Amazon has for selling bad products. Guess what product
1: they tried to sell on Amazon. They tried to sell an energy drink. They sold an energy drink called release. And all the energy drink is. Is Amazon drivers urine. We've done it. We have come full circle. Amazon drivers peeing in bottles has now come full circle. You want to figure out how the heck the end goal of
0: forcing Amazon drivers to work so hard that the only way they can take a bathroom break is to pee in a bottle inside their truck. This is how
1: it comes full circle. They allow the pee to be sold on Amazon slow freaking clap someone in the chat asks it's a little early for April fools isn't it my friend
0: this isn't April fools this is a real thing that really happened welcome my friend to the last burb. the weirdest story that I could find for the week. And quite frankly, the speed running dog was hilarious. The smart chicken coop. Really funny to me. But the fact you actually got Amazon to sell an energy drink that is just Amazon driver pee. I I, you just simply cannot Top, that, folks. That is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do encourage you to check out our other work at YouTube.com/slash Eagle Falcon and check out my Twitch page, Twitch.tv/slash Eagle Falcon, where we do record this live for everyone to listen to. And actually, because of the simulcast rules changing, guess what? <laughs> they no longer have an ex- exclusivity on my content even though for once i'm actually recording this on time so there's that take care and i hope you have a great day number of people in the chat asked what's the name of the documentary it is the great amazon heist is what the article here from ars technica says i just i i still just can't believe it they actually went ahead and sold literal piss as an energy drink we joke about about red bull tasting like piss They just went ahead and just skipped a few steps. I'm telling you, these guys at the great Amazon heist. They're going to get contacted by Red Bull next. Just like my friend. We have a proposition for you. And with that, I think it's time for me to quit energy drinks forever. I, I, I think that's just, I think that's for the best. Yeah. In fact, just quit
1: anything that looks yellow. Screw you Mountain Dew.